Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the world of luggage, but I'm telling you, you guys are going to be so blown away by the guests we have on today, because not only because of what they're doing now, but what they've done in the past. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guests. They are um, the CEO and founders of Rome Luggage, Charlie Clifford and Larry Lean. It's so great to have both of you on the podcast today. Nice to be with you. It's so great to have both of you guys here. Um, For those that might recognize their names, yeah, you you probably have heard of them. They were the guys that did everything with Toomey. I mean, I'm a loyal Toomey guy. I've been, you know, carried Toomey with me everywhere. And when I saw these guys and what they're doing uh, with Rome, I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to unpack this, no pun intended, and learn more about the product. Um, And you guys are going to learn all about it today. I'm so excited. So let's do this before we get to Rome, Charlie, and then Larry. Why don't we just share a little bit about your backgrounds before starting the business? And I'll flip it over to you, Charlie, to start. Right. Uh, hi, Justin. Well, I, I grew up in a small town in New Jersey, down to about 5,000, went out to the Midwest to school, uh, graduated from Indiana University with a degree in English. And I quickly decided I wasn't going to be a, the next great writer and nor an English professor. So I decided to go to business school and went to the Indiana, Indiana University School of Business, which is the Kelly School of Business now. I went from there on to the Peace Corps, the South America. Wow. Okay. Good years in the Peace Corps uh, with my wife. We were married at the time for a year. We went to Peru, had a wonderful experience in South America. It was quite an unusual program because Stanford University decided to recruit MBAs from schools around the country. And we were a bunch of, oh, probably 35 guys uh, recruited to go and work in Peru. And uh, probably about a third of the guys were married. So they had no programs for the wives, but the wives adapted very well. Wonderful experience in Peru. Came back, worked in industrial marketing for almost five years, and then invested a small sum of money with a friend of mine, an ex-Peace Corps guy who had founded a company importing handcrafts from South America. And I did that for about a year and realized that while it was very interesting, there were too many products, too many different marketing channels, too many countries, and I suggested we focus on leather goods. And leather goods, I thought was the most promising category that the company was doing. Uh, the other two founders of that company wanted to stay the course in doing what they were doing. So I left the company with their blessing and began uh, importing leather bags from Colombia, South America. They were rough, rust, rugged, casual, totally called leather in those days. We were selling to Lots of different types of stores, but many of them were leather boutiques uh, where we have a sandal maker and a belt maker. And they carried our bags because our bags were so rustic that they fit right in. They looked like they were handcrafted. So that was uh, that was the beginning of, uh, of Toomey. That's uh, crazy. It's crazy. I had no idea that that was the background on the on the company and the brand. That's so cool. Um, thank you. I, I love that. And, and obviously, that's how you got into the business. And, and we'll explore some more of that in just a second. Um, Larry, over to you. 
Yeah, just before I start, uh, Charlie left out uh, one of the most important background stories of Tumi, which was the uh, the name is is based on a pre-Columbian god uh, deity figure that he uh, I guess ran into in Peru. But uh, but more importantly, uh, when it came time to come up with the name of the company for a trade show, he uh, looked down and saw his dog who was named Tumi and uh, named <laughs> the company. It? So that's how that's, it was done. That's, oh my god! That's the. Uh, that's the branding story. That's a no no brand no branding consultants there. That that was the branding story to me. That's great. Uh, I had no idea. Yeah, um, my uh, my uh, background. I I am born and bred in New York City, uh, uh, and uh, started my career at Macy's in retail uh, in their executive training program uh, after college, and then uh, went back to business school at Harvard. Got my MBA there, and there's so many. Uh, uh, minted uh, HBS graduates do became a management consultant uh, with a <laughs> right. strategy firm in Ditto. New York. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, did that for, uh, you know, about, uh, I guess, seven years and then was making a, uh, you know, a, a business development uh, speech to the luggage industry at a symposium of the luggage industry on uh, marketing and sales force management in the 1990s. It was 1988 at the time. And, uh, made my presentation and this uh guy came up to me afterwards and said gee you know we've got a i've got a small company and uh you know i think we could use some of the way i like the way you think and could use you know some help in getting our business you know uh you know positioning our business for the future so we uh had lunch together and uh you know i think a week later i was working for charlie so <laughs> nice uh, that's great we, uh we hit it off uh you know we had several sessions in between over that week or two uh but it was pretty it was a pretty quick courtship and uh, uh i have to say a very uh, a very <laughs> uh, happy one uh we uh to me at that time was a uh, it's still a very small business, but but right. established, right. Uh, but small, eight or nine million, something like that. And, uh, you know, together we uh, we managed to grow it up to, I don't know, 250, 300 million, something <laughs> like crazy. that before we, uh, Unbelievable. Before we left. Yeah. Wow. What a great story. Um, what a great experience. Okay. So before we get to the new company, it, you guys are still together. So like what worked and, and I love to unpack this, like, and you guys are co-founders, like what, what worked about your relationship? Do you guys like you, one of you is really good at the creative and one's good at the ops. Like, what does it look like over, you know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, we're both, we're both front end guys. Got it. Uh, we both really care about product and we, uh, we love product and think about it. Uh, you know, when it comes to ops, we always have to bring in other people. <laughs> right. Uh, I, you know, I think the, you know, and it's funny, Charlie and I have talked about partners and uh, for, you know, on several occasions. And I, I you know, I think at the core is, uh, is trust uh, and mutual respect. It sounds kind of corny, huh. but, uh, you know, the first time I met Charlie I, and I had, you know, I had wanted to go into something entrepreneurial and something where I could kind of be a, a big fish in a small pond and sure. make decisions and make it grow. And the, and I in my consulting career, uh, I was working with several mid-market, probably, you know, 20 or 30 mid-market companies and entrepreneurial companies. We were in the uh, we specialized in the soft goods, uh, consumer soft goods, sure. so apparel, retail, uh, home goods, all that stuff. And there are a lot of entrepreneurs. And most of them, you know, Charlie had uh, was different from other entrepreneurs I had met. Um, you know, for one thing, he really appreciated 
uh, uh, smart people and wanted to surround himself with smart people. Uh, he was, um, you know, super high integrity. And he, unlike most entrepreneurs that I had met who were kind of into it for the, you know, material goods that they could take out of it, and they drove fancy cars and had boats and houses in the Hamptons, uh, Charlie, you know, essentially never took a cent out of the business in the early years and was just intent on building a really good business and pouring it back in. And, you know, it just, it, he, you know, he was a guy that I could trust and wow. uh, uh, still is. So, well, that's pretty you know, awesome. Think, how about you? How about you from your side, Charlie? Why is there, why is the partnership work so well with you and Larry? Well, I think that, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and when you're a small company, as we were when, when Larry joined us, uh, you really appreciate brain power uh, kind of coupled with integrity. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, there are some things I do better than others. I think that most of the time I'm able to size up people pretty well. Uh, we all make mistakes, but I, right from the beginning, I felt that I'd be dealing with somebody who I would be able to work with well over a period of time. Plenty smart, that was obvious. But as we talked about the business and the opportunities and uh, the limitations and opportunities within the industry, uh, it was clear that uh, that Larry saw things strategically very clearly. Uh, and he was also, he had a strong point of view on many things, uh, but he was always willing to talk about things and to listen to the other point of view. Uh, and occasionally he even changes his mind. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's great. Well, um, as most of people talk and openly with your business partner, that is I think probably the most important prerequisite for a long-standing relationship. What were you going to say, Larry? I was going to say I think 2005 was the last time I changed my mind. But I'm sorry. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's 16 years ago. Um, yeah. yeah. So for the, most of our listeners know, I was in consulting, or I've been in a couple of different firms: EY, Accenture, um, in and out industry side, as well as consulting. And I do have the um, consultant um, uniform, which is the black Toomey rollerboard and black uh, laptop yeah. backpack. That's like you know, if you're a consultant, you have to have the yeah. you know that's kind of like the part of the deal yeah, yeah so let's so let's let's talk about that for a minute because uh charlie and i spent the our you know our whole first careers uh uh many you know i don't know must have been uh 30 plus years for charlie or about 30 years and 20 for me uh convincing the world that everybody should be in black right should be carrying black. And now that was that's what we did and and now we're we're spending the, the the rest of our lives trying to convince everybody that there is no uniform. It's individual. Color is great. No, mix I love them, it. match them, create your it. own unique thing. Uh, express your personality. You know, forget about black. That's uh, so great. Yeah. Well, okay, let's do that. So Rome, um, which I, I love, create your. It's, it really allows you to customize your luggage in all kinds of different colors, which I think is so cool. Talk about how you guys started decided to start this business and did it. Were you able to fast start because because of your knowledge, relationships, and whatnot from before? Uh, well, yes and no. Uh, you know, it's the idea, uh, you know, kind of evolved. We, we um, met a couple of guys that we knew from the luggage industry uh, who had um, developed the capability to make very high quality polycarbonate luggage in the U.S., which was not being done at all. Uh, and so we, um, I, you know, I went out, I saw their operation and uh, it, 
we loved the idea, Charlie and I loved the idea of, of making product in the U.S. because the entire industry has basically gone to China. Sure. Um, and the beauty of polycarbonate luggage uh, in terms of making it in the U.S. is that the uh, value of the raw materials is higher than the value of the labor. So, you know, it can work for a high labor country like the U.S. pretty well. And the, the uh, what making in the U.S. did for us was give us the ability, uh, we, we recognized early on, give us the ability to uh, customize, to take orders online and to build to order. Um, because, you know, the, the, the flow is such that in, you know, uh, a, a relatively short amount of time, you can take an order, pull the parts together and, uh, and, and uh, build them into, you know, hand stitch them and build them into a, a beautiful piece of luggage. Uh, and we also found uh, resources for very high quality polycarbonate sourced in the U.S., which, again, Got nobody it. was doing. Right. So, uh, you know, we had the ability then, uh, you know, to do this unique thing, uh, which was build luggage to order one piece at a time for somebody to to who could design the bag according to their imagination and we could build it for them. Uh, and then also to produce in the U.S. using U.S. labor force and create uh, a really good, high quality work environment. Uh, for our, uh, you know, for a team of workers, and so that kind of allowed us to to carve out a really nice niche uh, in the in the luggage industry. Once we got started, uh, once we had the idea, you know, it takes it still takes a while to uh, design, uh, envision, and design a really good product. Sure. And um, you know, Charlie and I are both old school marketers, and you know, our belief is that. Uh, all of the great brands that have ever been created are based on really great products. You no know, doubt. You name no it. Doubt. You know, Rolex, Mercedes, Porsche, you know, all the, the top car guys, you know, Armani, Xenia, Gucci, Prada. You know, they all, yeah. at their core, have products that people love. They're not fake brands that are just kind of um, <laughs> right. you know, built, built out of cotton candy. Uh, they are really founded on something. And as a result, the brands build, and and to me, of course, is one of those as well. Um, and they build in value, and they build over time, and it, and it takes time, and you have to be patient, and you have to start at its core with a great product, and you have to then keep making that product better. And that's kind of what we do. And now, if you talk too long, let me get let Charlie get a word <laughs> in edgewise here. Go, Charlie. <laughs> Larry summed it up very well. I mean, at the end of the day, it always takes longer. Is more complicated than it looks when you're sketching something out on paper. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of attention to detail that's required. Uh, the materials part of it, getting the materials right, making them work together. Uh, the, the manufacturing, uh, uh, it, it's more complicated than meets the eye. Let me just leave it at that. Sure. Uh, we learned that uh, in the initial months that there were some areas that we weren't as happy with, and it took us a while to find solutions and correct them. Uh, but we learned that in our, early, our previous business career, that it's all about continuous improvement. It's Kaizen is the Japanese term. Absolutely. You make something and you, you make it better, uh, uh, you know, step by step. And at the end of the day, you've got a world-class product. And I think that's where we are today. Uh, the, uh, the, I guess the pivot from selling a uniform like Black Lug. <laughs> right. It's that people can design according to their personal taste, their style, their personality. Uh, that's been exciting. Totally. I think, I think as appropriate as black on black was in the in the late 90s and the early aughts, 
I think today uh, people are looking for an opportunity to express themselves. And that's, uh, that's why I think we've had to develop proof of concept and we've got a, a legion of followers now who once they've experienced the Rome uh, process of their own luggage, usually end up extremely happy. Totally. I, I can imagine why and the reviews tell it on your site. It's unbelievable, like almost all five star. Um, so let's talk about your consumer. So you're obviously not going for retail, correct? You're going more direct to consumer because I'm customizing my color, shape, size of bag. Is that is that your, your model, at least going in? Yes, going in. Uh, we do have a, uh, uh, a uh, concession shop at uh, Bloomingdale's that we run. Uh, which gives us a retail presence and a place for people to, to see it. And certainly retails in our long-term plans. But right now, yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're going I love it. Yeah, I think it's great. So let's talk about what well, you can... The, yeah, go ahead. The model's kind of cool for retail because, uh, you know, in theory, we can have a pretty small footprint, uh, allow true. the consumer to interact with a couple pieces of luggage. We don't need inventory. And people can, uh, you know, have on some great screens and design their own. And we can ship it to them, you know, oh, that's a couple great. days later. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So you could be in the retail store, you know, let them look, see, touch, feel, customize, and then order and have it sh- shipped to home. Yep. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Just, just to clarify, uh, uh, when Larry talks about retail, he's talking about direct retail, where we would be operating the retail store. Yes. That's Got the, it. The reason for that is because of the of the skills required to help cu- people customize their luggage and make them feel comfortable. So controlling the experience, uh, whether it's through uh, through our website or an in-store presence, bricks and mortar, uh, that's that's part of our overall business plan. I love it. So um, how about one of you walk us through the process? So um, if, if you're on the website, roamluggage.com, do you guys how, share with us kind of the workflow, if you don't mind? Yeah. Uh, and that, by the way, is something we've been evolving as well. Uh, we started with uh, nine steps of customization and just got feedback from our consumers that, <laughs> you know, where they could do the stitching and the, you know, a lot of the little details, zipper pulls. And we got feedback that it was just a little too intimidating. So now we've got simplified it down to a five step process where first you just pick what you're looking for in size. Do you want to carry on? Do you want a check piece? Uh, you know, which one do you want? And then you pick a front shell color out of our palette and our palette we've evolved there as well. We started with a, you know, kind of bright primary colors. Uh, and then we realized that uh, while each color on its own was a good color, it, people were able to kind of put them together in ways that just, you know, were kind of hideous. They were just too right. bright and garish. <laughs> so we now have on our team a, a designer who, uh, uh, who, who has a really great fashion eye, and she created a, a completely different palette that's based on ready-to-wear fashion colors that all work together harmoniously. So you can now combine any colors and they look great. And it's just a much, much better, more fashionable palette. So you pick the front shell, you pick the back shell, and then if you want, you can just pick a trim color uh, and, uh, and then your, you know, your monogram initials and away you go. If you want to get more detailed with that, you know, within trim, you can go into the specifics, but you don't have to do that. You can just zip right through uh, front, back and trim, which is what most people kind of seem to want to do. Uh, and uh, and it's, it's pretty quick and easy. And then if you don't even want to do that, uh, we have a gallery of styles that our designers have created. Uh, oh. And... Uh, and so you can just go and pick one of those and uh, and get that as well. Uh, or, you know, you can 
take one of those and and tweak the hubcaps or something it's so like that. Cool. If you, if I love really being want. able to pick the colors that I want. You know what I mean? It's really yeah, weird. it is great. Uh, you know, I mean, the idea of I mean, they're, they're, you know, I mean, we've I've traveled with my family. We've um, two gr- almost grown sons. <laughs> they're right. in the early yeah. early twenties. <laughs> I hate to call them grown, but right. we're you know we're in an airport together. And first of all, you know, we can spot our luggage coming totally. from a mile down the carousel among all the black luggage. Right. And secondly, you know, when we're, you know, as we get them, pull them off, people are looking at us because we all have obviously the same brand of luggage and each piece is different. <laughs> you know, they're cool. each complete. And, you know, and the kids, you know, love the fact that they designed theirs and that's theirs and ours totally. and mine's mine. My wife's there. So, so that part of it is, is, uh, is a, is a lot of fun, but also the fact that you never get it mixed up with anybody else's. And it, you know, it gives a few, I think it gives you a feeling of pride to be walking down the airport, something that you designed and nobody else has. I think it's just a cool, you know, cool thing. One of the things that you guys have been known for and the collective work that you guys have done is quality and sustainability and like just the, you know, the, the strength of the brands you've built. And then you can, you can see that that's carried over here, warranty, all that. Like talk about how you've like, how do, how do you ensure that, you know, when you, when you built this brand? Yeah, it starts with it starts with a design that uh, uh, that is uh, you know, will create a product that's both lightweight, uh, but has reinforcements and components that uh, that will will last for a long time. You got to have the, a selection of components, and you do that by not only looking what's available in this country, but looking around the world. So pick, yeah. pick the components, and then uh, making sure in the manufacturing process that you pay attention to detail. Yeah, I mean there. You, that's completely right. There are two ways to go at, you know, if you want to get into the luggage business, uh, which is not so hard to get into, uh, there are two ways to do it. One is you can go over to China and talk to a factory and tell them to build you a piece of luggage <laughs> right. that can retail for, you know, 225 And the Chinese guys can do it. They'll build, sure. build you a piece of luggage that meets your specifications and you can be in the business in no time. The other way is to do what Charlie and I did, which is to work, you know, is to combine our own you know, 50 years of, right. of luggage experience with uh, a top uh, uh, industrial design firm in New York and work with them for a year over every wow. detail Amazing. because, you know, it's not enough just, you know, these shells, you know, they need to be reinforced in the right place for strength. You want to make them as light as possible, but they still need to be strong. If they drop, you know, uh, you know, I was uh, just, just in Europe with my family and one of our cases fell out of a train, not moving, fortunately, <laughs> in the station. But it, and it, you know, it didn't crack. It just, you know, kind of bounced. And we just tested our product. This was, this was a, yeah, I mean, this you is know. a 50 pound piece of luggage right. that fell down, you know, eight feet. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and uh, it, I, I, you know, I won't say it didn't get scuffed on the pavement. It did, but it, right. but it didn't crack or dent or anything, you know, anything like that. It was fine. No. So, but, uh, so that's the starting point. And then, you know, what do the aesthetics look like? So, the, you know, you have to start, you know, quality, you know, I think is kind of four steps. First, you have to start wanting to be the best in the world and having that be the driver of the company. And it was with us with Toomey and it is now too. Awesome. Our, you know, our absolute intention is that have, make a piece of luggage that we can say there is none better anywhere, period. Whether it's Romova selling for $1,200 or Toomey selling for eight or $900, whatever. Ours is going to be every bit as good. Uh, secondly, uh, the design, then taking time with that. And we spend I, you know, I can't tell you how many hundreds of hours we spent <laughs> right. in the design process with this firm. Third, as Charlie said, is the components. And that is just set, you know, finding the best components from wherever they are um, and putting them together. And then finally, it's the way you, you 
stitch it all up at the end and and construct it. Um, wow. And in our case, we do that one by one by hand in our own factory with our own guys who do this. This is what they do. They make custom luggage, as opposed to you know everybody else in the world, including Toomey, um, that you know or. or with the, you know, Romova is the only one that produces in, I guess, your Germany and Canada, but everybody else produces in China in these mass production factories sure. where they produce thousands and thousands and thousands of pieces a day. Right. And they just run them through. And ours are made one at a time. And we look at every one and we have guys who care about each one looking at them. And it's it's just a different approach. It's a whole oh. different level. I love that. So uh, rewinding a bit, when you guys decided, hey, we're going to go do this, like h- how long from... You know, you and Charlie talking about it to initial prototype, like, and and what did that timeline look like? Yeah, so the talking started in um, in uh, November of 2016. Uh, we were designing and prototyping and trying to start. You know, the the tricky thing with startups too, and I know you you know much more about startups than I do. I've only been in one. But it's, uh, you know, it's a constant juggling of trying to do something, but you have to raise money to pay for the something you're trying to do, but you can't raise the money. Like, you, you know, you, okay, you need a brand, so right. you need to, you know, what, people want to say, well, what is the, what's the company called? Oh, my God, we need a name, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> right. What does the product look like? Oh, we need a prototype, right. so, but you need money for a prototype. So, I see. You know, but anyway, that, that went on through 2017. Uh, building the website in early 2018, we had a kind of beta launch in May of 2018, uh, made, you know, realized we had made, you know, 20 or 30 mistakes, uh, you know, including <laughs> right. in some personnel that we had to oh, change and that kind yeah, of thing. That happens. Uh, so then we had a real launch in November of 2018 with a, uh, with a, you know, good crew and a website that we thought was good, uh, and um, had a really good year of growth in 2019, um, and uh, you know got things clicking. Uh, we got uh, you know our factory got up and going with a really great factory, the one in Vidalia that we were right. talking about before. Totally, who are old, who are old partners of Charlie and mine. Ah, from that's Tumi cool. Days. I was going to ask you that. Uh, you had a relationship, yep, yeah. And they they had built they built Tumi luggage when it was made in the U.S., but of course now it's from right. China. Huh. But um, so we you know we knew them and trusted them. Uh, so we got that going in 2019, and we were really, you know, starting to click on on you know all cylinders, uh, and going into January and February of 2020, and then and of course then March COVID, 2020. Right? Yeah, right. You hear that? Yeah. I'm sure that's a <laughs> I was every single say, interview you yeah. do. I'm sure that's. And a, for some, it's like, and then this, and some, it's this. It's really interesting. Sorry, you guys can't see. Some yeah. it's going up after that, and some it's like on on hold anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, ours was definitely. You know, we had to. Yeah. You know, shut things down pretty quickly. Conserve right. cash. We we kept almost our entire team, uh, even though we cut hours, you know, drastically, sure. and uh, you know, weathered through COVID. And uh, you know, then all of a sudden in April of this year, things started to turn up. In April and May and June yep. and July and now August are all looking like really good months. Moving. We're yeah. we're smarter than we were in 2019. Business is kind of you know on track for 2019 so we kind of lost two years uh but uh we're smarter than we were then i think the brand has gotten some exposure we've gotten great pr as you notice great articles right so i I think we're in a better place than we were then but you know we had to weather that and uh and hopefully you know things will continue knock on wood to uh 
uh, keep picking up through fall uh, yeah. and then and then going on and we'll continue on our growth track. But, you know, on, on growth track, you know, we do not have aspirations uh, to be a 100 million dollar business tomorrow. Right. Uh, we again, you know, we see this as a brand that is going to have staying power and be around. Uh, and we we're definitely uh, pushing growth, but we are not pushing growth. We at the expense of of building the brand and becoming profitable, uh, you know, early on. So we don't just want to throw throw. We don't have endless money. We're not, right. you know, soliciting VC money. Uh, we are soliciting money all the time, but it's not not from VCs. Right. right. Uh, we want, you know, we want to get money from investors who believe in the concept and who believe in creating value over a longer time frame. Um, so. Makes sense. Um, I always love to ask our guests about lessons learned. You uh, you mentioned very briefly a couple of them. And so, Charlie, I'm going to come over to you with the, f- the first part of this. But as you look back on this new brand last couple of years, what would be two or three of the biggest lessons learned you've experienced and things you had to overcome or challenges um, that you'd share with our audience? And then I'll, I'll bounce, bounce back over to you, Larry. Well, I think the one that comes to mind first is... Uh... Uh, expect it to take twice as long, and uh, right, and, uh, <laughs> it's not going to be tomorrow. Right, twice as generous. I'd say uh, twice as generous. Twice as long and require twice as much capital. Uh, and if uh, if if you're not if you're not patient, uh, you might think about doing something else rather than being an entrepreneur. Uh, it's it's great to have a sense of urgency, but you also have to have the patience to ride through the inevitable glitches and surprises that that happened uh, on a regular basis sure um, i think the uh, the other thing i guess is i've been pleasantly surprised at the reception uh from the marketplace in terms of the idea of designing one's own luggage i think that uh that once the word is out there once people realize that this is possible and it's done for a reasonable price uh, you know, a top quality product, world class product for a reasonable price. I think our growth is going to accelerate uh, uh, to the point where we'll probably be slowing down our marketing spending because we'll have more orders coming in than we can build uh, right. during, during a given month, if you will. Uh, we we're able to expand our production, uh, but it does take you know some weeks to train people, uh, and we need to find the kind of people working with us who are uh, willing to. Uh, pay attention to the the quality uh, aspects of, of manufacturing. Makes sense. I love that, um, Larry. Same question. Yeah, I yeah, I think what I've learned from both Toomey and you know other brands I've worked with, and now I'm applying into Rome, is the if you if you want to have a great brand, you've got to control your distribution. You've got to control completely control your interaction with the consumer. Hmm. Um, oh, that's great and um, it's it's tempting, you know, when you know when we were a wholesale brand at Toomey, it's tempting to spread out and then sell more and sell more. And you know, Toomey, you know, under Samsonite's guidance, is is already is already expanding its distribution quite a bit and is now selling in Best Buy and stuff like that. Um, and I just think that it's much better. It's part of the go slow thing, but it's uh, it's really important to control uh, and say no to a lot of opportunities that may be tempting for the short term and you know keep keep your eye on the long term. Hmm. 
That's fascinating and an interesting way to think about it too. I, I really like that. What about on the people side? You mentioned that you brought on some of the right people, a lot of the right people, and a couple of the wrong. Like, is that something you just learn from doing? Um, what did that look like for you guys? Uh, I wish we were something you could learn from doing. <laughs> I think uh, 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 I think you have to be lucky. Uh, again, as a startup. Uh, there's only a certain number of people who are in the pool of people who are willing to kind of leave something secure and join totally. something insecure. Totally. Uh, so you have to find the right mix of somebody with that kind of desire, uh, with somebody who's got the ability to do what needs to be done. And it's, it's not an easy, um, not an easy find. No doubt. It's more difficult for a startup than it is for a, uh, uh, a larger corporation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. We don't have a, a big HR department. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't. I, I, I'm it. <laughs> yeah, you're the, I was going to say, let's see, I'm the HR person and the finance person and the and yeah. your ops and marketing, <laughs> whatever. That's... We were in HR cap also. You've got some help. Uh, <laughs> yes, that, you do. That's true. I think we don't, you don't have the time to train people to. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Mentoring is more difficult because everybody is short of time. No doubt. So yeah. people who are self-starters who, have a level of confidence that they can do things on their own, but are willing to take direction if it, uh, you know, sensible direction. Uh, uh, and, and you need brain power for sure. You need some creativity. You need people with perseverance. Uh, sure. sure. Okay, well, uh, and then whenever things get difficult, and it's uh, yeah. And, the and then there's the bench issue. The you know the the issue that you just don't have good. You don't have bench strength totally. as a startup. Yeah. It's very thin. Uh, you know, we've got our, the woman who does our hands, our customer experience is, you know, she knows everything about everything, but she's only one, right, uh, and right. if, you know, if she were to get sick or something like that, right. uh, you know, it'd be tough. So, you know, we were just talking, you know, we were just talking about that the other day that we, you know, we need to get somebody trained to, uh, to step in, but it's, there's, it's, not know, so it, it's a very thin, very thin organization. No you know, doubt. The, way, the way you compensate for that though, is, uh, typically I think we're not alone. Uh, we've got a number of what I would call part-time contract employees, uh, very talented, very capable, uh, and we're able to afford them because we're only taking, we're not taking 100% of their time. Got uh, it. And they <clears throat> judgment and a lot of the things we're talking about. And over time, some of them will probably come on board full-time and will certainly increase our full-time staff. But at the beginning, it makes sense to be lean uh, and to have the flexibility that when times do get tough, you can reduce hours as opposed to eliminating jobs. And that's what we're able to do. I love that. Uh, very, very cool. And I mean, you know, it's interesting. You can like create some crazy color combinations on this, like um, on your site. Anyway, uh, total, I was getting distracted by that a minute ago. I had to like, stop, you know, cause you guys, when you go on their site, it's really cool. You can customize like the, the front of the luggage, the back, and then the, like the, components around it and it you can create some crazy colors um really really cool tech by the way on the site in terms of being able to flip and move around the, the product it's like 3d something technology yeah, really we, cool. we worked a lot on that too that yep. is so yep. cool um i love it okay um so here we are share with our audience where they can find you connect with you buy your product um give it give it all out to our our listeners yeah, well, it's pretty easy. It's roamluggage.com, R-O-A-M, luggage.com. Uh, and you you can play around with the customizer. You can save your design uh, and share it with friends. Or if you're in New York City, visit us on the seventh floor of Bloomingdale's. Oh, we have our cool. own shop there. Very cool. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, 
Other than that, it's roamluggage.com. So simple. Um, it's been so great having you, Charlie and Larry, on the podcast. Uh, I We will absolutely stay in touch. I am going to come see your production facility, um, and I want to have you back on down the road for sure. I can't wait. You guys have some amazing stories, and I know you'll have uh, so many more here in the coming weeks and months. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having us. It's been fun. Pleasure, talking. Justin. Thank you very much. The ContenderCast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.